Trigger alert, trigger alert. In this podcast, the hosts make light of serious situations that happen in real life. This may or may not include sexual assault. If you expect these topics will make you feel uncomfortable, we urge you to press stop and listen to some other episode of Caustic Soda. Thanks. I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. One look in the dinghy, and these newlyweds knew their honeymoon's fate was sealed. I'm Joe Fulgham. Coconut for breakfast, coconut for lunch, coconut for dinner. This island is the shits. I'm Torn Atkinson. This fisherman can't get along with pirates. What a maroon. I'm Kevin Leeson, and this is Caustic Soda. Oh, sweet. Are we telling the story of those five guys who went to a desert island and made a great band? Maroon Five? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Sit right back and you'll hear the tale, the tale of a shitty band. I don't know where they started from, but they landed up on the sand. Maroon means put ashore on a desolate island or coast, or to be lost in the wild. Uh From Maron, the noun, meaning fugitive black slave in the jungles of West Indies and Dutch Guyana. Ooh, fugitive black slave. From 1660s, I had no idea. Which comes from French Maron, meaning wild or untamed. Which is a bit of a leap. Yeah. Probably from Old Spanish Samara, meaning thicket. Okay. You're the darkest of the hillside maroons. Yeah. <laughs> and castaway is from late 15th century. One who is rejected, cast away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Specific sense of one adrift at sea is from 1799. Right. So- they thought they were sitting there thinking to themselves, we're on the verge of the 19th century. We need a new term for people who have been lost at sea lost and, at sea? and yep. washed up. And, and everybody who's a stickler for the English language is all mad that people are using this word that way. Mm-hmm. You can't use castaway to mean a person stuck on an island. It means somebody who's rejected. Yeah, in Kids a, these days putting cast and away in a single word. It's outrageous. So we already had our Lost at Sea episode. Lost at uh-huh. sea. And now this is episode is what happens when you wash up on an island, on a desolate island. Okay, so no more rafts and dinghies. It is now islands and... And more. And more. And, and, and TBD. And <laughs> long peninsulas and lazy people who don't check to see if they're islands or not. <laughs> that would be me. Well, we're stuck on this island. It, doesn't that go to the... Uh, what are we going to do? Looks like looks like Walken's involved in that. Christopher Walken. <laughs> Guys, where does this island go? Let's find out. <laughs> a castaway is a person who is cast adrift or ashore. While the situation usually happens after a shipwreck, uh-huh. some people voluntarily stay behind on a deserted island, either to evade captors or the world in general. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, the world is there. Oh, yeah. Oh, they mean the world of people, probably. Now, we've already had our Doomed Expeditions episodes, and there's yes. some crossover happening yeah. from that, so make sure you listen to uh, that uh, those that, two episodes. Yeah, two Doomed episodes. Expeditions 1 and 2 are two of my personal favorites. Yeah, I love those shows. We will be having a Shipwrecks episode, mm-hmm. and we will be having a Mutiny episode, Yeah, so I bypass some stories to save for those. This is what happens when you start researching this and going, wow, look at all this stuff we can talk about. It's almost like mankind has been... On ships and out at sea for a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's been plenty of time for stories to accrue. Speaking of time. TikTok, mm. TikTok. In the history. Uh-huh. I am going to go through these in order from the shortest amount of time oh. on an oh. island okay. to the longest amount of time. All right. So the first story is from 1784. Okay. An island in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Not sure which one. Chinosuke Matsuyama. Sounds like a, a fella of Japanese descent. So he's right? Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the joke. <laughs> He survived for an unknown period of time, but probably less than six months, Okay, in my estimation. Mm -hmm. A Japanese seaman and 43 of his companions began a voyage to find buried treasure on the Pacific Island. What could possibly go wrong? During the voyage, a storm blew the group's ship onto a coral reef Mm -hmm. and forced the sailors to seek refuge on a nearby island. After the storm blew itself out the next day, Matsuyama and his friends realized it had uprooted palm trees and except for a few coconuts, there was nothing to eat. 
Mm-hmm. They survived on small crabs for some time, but there was no fresh water to drink. Matsuyama watched his friends die one by one from dehydration and starvation. Uh-huh. Before his own death, Matsuyama oh. carved a message telling the story of his group's shipwreck onto thin pieces of wood from a coconut tree, which he inserted into a bottle and threw into the ocean. Oh, okay. Wow. Approximately, guess how many years later? 37 years later. 151 years later. Oh! What? In 1935, a Japanese seaweed collector found the bottle. The bottle had washed ashore in the village of Hiraturima... Hiraturumura. Hiraturumura. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where Matsuyama was born. It found its way to his birth yeah. city? Yeah, his village. 151 years later. That's yeah. crazy. Dogs, you have a fucking lot to answer for. <laughs> it is not impressive now when you make your way home. A bottle did it. Wow. For 151 years, I might add. Well, that would be really fascinating. Really fascinating to be the first one to like read that message yeah. from 1784. Going back some years to 1725... This is on Ascension Island in the South Atlantic. Mm. This is the story of Leendert Hassenbosch. This guy's obviously East Indian. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leendert Hassenbosch was a Dutch soldier who went oh. aboard a pass went aboard a ship as the bookkeeper. Okay. In 1725, he was sentenced for sodomy. Oh, snap! And set ashore. That's a crime. <laughs> and set ashore Fuck. on Ascension Island. He was marooned because he was an officer. A lower-ranked sailor would simply be drowned for the offense of sodomy. Okay. He was given a tent and a month's supply of water, some seeds, a Bible, mm-hmm. clothing, and writing materials. Hassenbach survived by eating seabirds and sea turtles and drinking turtle blood and drinking his own urine. Gotcha. That turtles and right. urine. Uh, if you listen to our Lost at Sea episode, uh, you'll discover that turtle blood and urine are also Prevalent. common fallback positions yeah. for people on rafts or in bobbing and weaving in the ocean. Because he could not find either of the two sources of fresh water on the island, one of which actually allowed the entire crew of the HMS Roebuck to survive a shipwreck for two months in the early 1700s. Mm-hmm. British sailors discovered his abandoned tent and diary in January 1726. It is believed he probably died in a terrible condition after about six months. Gotcha. Wow. So Mm -hmm. couldn't find any fresh water, died in six months. Gotcha. His diary was brought back to Britain, rewritten and published a number of times. We're going to punch up this middle bit here. We need an action uh, beat going on. (laughs) Yeah. 60 yeah, minutes the, if something uh, doesn't explode. This is no good. The best script doctors script doctors in town get on this diary. His last note read, mm. everything as before. Meaning, plagued by unquenchable thirst and fruitlessly pleading to God for mercy. Totally. Ah, okay. Everybody who thinks God will take care of us needs to hear these stories about when it didn't mm-hmm. happen. Because you generally don't. So, but here's the thing. I mean, I guess even if he had found the two sor- one of the two sources of fresh water on the island... Still would have been a pretty miserable existence with you being on an island all by yourself and all. Well, depends. Yeah, I guess, as I we'll guess, learn later, some people actually choose to I go guess, to a deserted island know, and live by themselves. It's just assuming that, well, I'm a people person. Some people pay money to do it for a week or two at a time, mm-hmm. which we'll also find out about. Just a couple years prior to this, in 1723, on Roatan so the, Island. So the previous guy was six months. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This is in the Bay of Honduras. Philip Ashton. Was born in Marblehead, Massachusetts in 1702, married twice in his lifetime. In June 1722, Ashton was captured by pirates oh, okay. while fishing near the coast of Nova Scotia. All right. So why are pirates capturing fishermen? Because they're pirates. They do Look, whatever they want. They're fucking pirates, cause, Kevin. Because they need fish. Check out that guy. Let's go have some fun. You don't just steal gold doubloons. You also got to steal food. Ashton refused to cooperate with the pirates. At the end, that's a very odd response from a fisherman. So he was often threatened. Uh-huh. Well, maybe they wanted him to like do a certain dance, and he's like, I, there is no way that I am twerking. <laughs> Twerk the plank! <laughs> Fuck you! He managed to escape in March 1723 when the pirates landed at Roatan Island in the uh, Bay Islands of Honduras, hiding in the jungle until the pirates decided to depart without him. It's really... So why would they care? Life on the island, he decided, was going to be better than life on a pirate ship where they were constantly telling him to do things. To and do dances and whatnot, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we've decided that it was dances now? <laughs> yes. That's now become part of historical record? So they, they told him to twerk the plank. Uh-huh. He survived for 16 months Whoa. in spite mm. of many insects, tropical heat, and alligators. 
In the beginning, he seems to have eaten only fruit because he only had his hands to collect food. He could not kill any animal. Could not? Or was he Sounds like he just didn't have dead, wasn't dedicated enough. Ah, I see. Yeah, surely there's rocks you can throw and sticks. Mm -hmm. He had no equipment at all until he met another castaway, an Englishman. What? What? Wow. (laughs) The luck of that. Yeah. There's something to eat now. This Englishman is not named. Uh And after a few days, the Englishman went out, but he never returned. Oh, I guess uh, maybe this guy's unpleasant company. Maybe he's like, he's just kind of like the pirates. Maybe this is his story. Oh, I ran away. He's just a contrarian. I ran away for the pirates. Maybe the pirates are like, oh, God, strand this guy. I can't stand him (laughs) any longer. He's just a a real pain to be around. What do you you think his trait is that drives everybody away? Well, you know, maybe it just smells like fish. His bad breath. You think maybe he's one of those guys who just talks about bullshit like all the time? You know, I never really liked when the guys did that on the ship. It kind of made me feel funny. They wanted me no. to dance. Don't you hate it when people do that kind of thing? You're just sitting on an island. This guy's beside you. Just no. will not it's all big fish stories. Yeah. So, and I caught this fish that was 12 feet long. <laughs> and I wrestled with it for like 77 days before I like pulled it on board the ship and blah, blah, blah. And it like pulled me to the Cape of Good Hope. And uh, yeah, he was just a tiresome bore. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. If he was a professional fisherman... Why wouldn't he go to a body of water and fish for his food? Mm, I, I guess he was maybe wasn't a very good fisherman either. Because I know he's by a body of water because he came off of a boat. Yeah, yeah. So well, after uh, the Eng- the Englishman uh, mysteriously disappeared, he <laughs> had left behind a knife, gunpowder, tobacco, and more. So wait, wait, wait. Who said that he just went out? He just disappeared. What happened to him? He went out and never returned. Was the is the exact quote? Oh, says says Philip Ashton. Could be. And uh-huh. the guy, Could the guy be. Went, <laughs> the guy left his knife. Could be. Gunpowder, tobacco, I'm and more. I'm not saying more. no. Oh. All right. And all of a sudden, he was a lot more robust than he was before. Ashton, and it wasn't just seeds in his stool any longer. <laughs> Ashton could now kill tortoises and crayfish and make fires to have hot meals. He was finally rescued by the Diamond, a ship from Massachusetts. His memoirs about his solitary stay were published in book form in Boston in 1725 and were believed by some as fiction in the style of Robinson Crusoe, published just a few years before. Oh, oh there you go. So we're just like, yeah, look at this copycat. <laughs> it's not even as exciting. Uh, dude, that happened to me. <laughs> Whatever, man. Where's your action beat? Moving forward to 1812. Okay. Eagle Island. This is in the Falklands. Ah! Charles Barnard and crew. Ooh. The British ship Isabella, captained by George Higton, was shipwrecked. Most of the crew were rescued by the American sealer Nanina. Oh, that's hard to say. <laughs> Especially if you're like, cold enough, right? Commanded by Captain Charles Barnard. Barnard, realized, uh, realizing the castaways were unaware of the War of 1812, informed the survivors that they were at war with each other, but agreed to rescue the crew. Ah, okay. Realizing that they would require more provisions... For the expanded number of passengers, the American Captain Bernard and the, a few others went out in a party on the island to retrieve more food. Actually, on a nearby island, New Island was the name of that mm, other okay. island. All right. During his absence, the American ship was taken over by the British crew who left the Americans marooned on New Island. That is unsportsmanlike. <laughs> that is a real <laughs> asshole move. I'm oh, call- my God. I'm calling foul. Bernard and his party were finally rescued by British whalers two years later. Two years. Oh, man. Oh, man. After rescuing somebody and then going to get more food for them. Yeah. Yeah. Getting overtaken, <laughs> bum rushed. Yeah. Oh. At least it turned about as fair play. They uh-huh. should have bum rushed the British that came to rescue them and left them marooned. Well, two years later, I'm sure that the war was over. Oh, of course. War. This is just for vengeance. Who, who would believe the British guys who tell you that? Don't yeah. worry, the war's over. <laughs> By the way, you lost. <laughs> and in 1829, Bernard wrote a narrative of the sufferings and adventures of Captain Charles Bernard detailing the happenings. So was it just him on the, the, the island? No, uh-huh. he said he, uh, a few others. Right. Yeah. Well, way to leave them out of the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the original Gilligan's Island song. It actually ended with, and the others. Oh, and, and the, the rest. rest. Yeah. Those guys, whoever <laughs> they may be. Moving backwards to 1542. The Ile de Dimon. Ooh. Isle, Isle of Demons. Demons. Oh, yeah. Nice. In the Gulf of St. Lawrence, off the coast of Quebec. What? Oh, okay. I've been there. This is Marguerite de la Roche. Okay. In 1542, French explorer Jacques Cartier led a voyage to Newfoundland, accompanied by 19-year-old Marguerite de la Roche. 
Oh, bringing a 19-year-old girl on a sailing mm-hmm. trip? On the journey, Marguerite became the lover of an unidentified young man. Uh-huh. Displeased with her actions. Marguerite's uncle, Lieutenant General and Pirate, what? Jean-Francois Roberval, marooned her on the Isle of Demons. Wow. wow. Yep. Some sources indicate that Roberval would have benefited financially from her death. Ah. Uh, okay. FYI. All right. Uh-huh. Also marooned were Marguerite's lover and her maidservant. I hate that you're screwing this guy. Here, be on an island together alone. Yeah. <laughs> With another girl. You love him? Well, love him over here. I should have called it the Isle of Three-Way Demons. Oh, yeah, maybe. So Marguerite gave birth to a child while on the island, mm-hmm. but the baby died, oh. probably due, due to insufficient milk. Or demon possession. Or demon possession, mm-hmm. as did the young man and the maidservant. Oh. Marguerite survived by hunting wild animals and lived in a cave for two years until she was rescued by Basque fishermen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hunting animals and living in a cave? Nice job for a, a girl of obvious means. I mean, she had a maidservant after all. So that's another two-year marooning. So this is kind of like a G.I. Jane story. I like it. <laughs> uh, moving forwards in time to 1853, mm-hmm. San Nicolas Island, Juana Maria. Is her name? Okay. Oh. In 1835, Russian sea otter hunters clashed with Indian people living on remote San Nicolas Island off the California coast. So, the Russians? Yeah, sea otter hunters. Uh-huh. And... Or sea otterers, as I like to call them. Uh-huh. And, and uh, a or native... ottermen. <laughs> <laughs> or out looking for otters, and they end up clashing with a local native band. Yes. The bloody conflict drastically reduced the native population. Oh, that'll happen. Now, missionaries requested that these Indians be moved to the mainland for their own safety. Of course. When a ship was sent to pick them up, high winds forced it to depart after leaving Juana Maria behind. In 1853, a party headed by sea otter hunter George Nedever found the Indian woman alive and well, clad in a dress of cormorant skins sewn together. Cormorant skin? Yeah. Cormorant's a bird. Okay. Cormorant right. is a bird. Yeah, okay. It's like a I guess it's duck goose skin. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a water, so, water bird. Yeah, okay. And how, uh, do, so, how do feathers stick out of... What is it? I'm trying to now think well, of a plucked chicken. Well, the feathers are stuck to the skin, so Possibly. I'm assuming. It could be plucked. But I guess you could chicken skin. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. You could have a chicken skin outfit if you really All wanted. Right. With feathers on it. All you got to do is know how to sew. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know anything about skin of this. Uh, this this <laughs> woman was really particularly good at catching cormorants. Yeah. And she lived in a shelter made of whale bones. Now, that is wow. pretty impressive if she killed a whale. I'm <laughs> guessing she didn't. I don't I'm, know. I'm guessing she found a whale that was beached. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I like the idea of a shelter made of whale bones, though. Yes, yeah, yeah. I do as well. I always like to think of that she made a throne for herself. I wonder if a <laughs> shelter of whale bones would smell weird. <laughs> I would think everything would smell for weird. For a while, yeah. Uh-huh. So she willingly went with her rescuers, bringing along only a few possessions. Nidever brought her home to live with him and his wife in Santa Barbara, California. No one, including the local Chumash Indians, could understand her language. Oh. The new living conditions altered her diet and affected the woman's health. She contracted dysentery and died after she had been on the mainland for only seven weeks. Oh, Uh, wow. How long did she live alone? She lived alone on the island for 18 years. Oh, nice! Eighteen years. That's a yeah. I could make a cormorant outfit in eighteen years. Leaves yeah. seven weeks later, dies of dysentery. Of dysentery yeah. Uh, the lone woman was baptized conditionally with the Christian name Juana Maria. Her Indian name is unknown, and her life story was turned into a book, Island of the Blue Dolphin, uh, which I believe oh, okay. is a kid's book. So that was eighteen fifty-three. Now we're going back to fifteen fifteen. Okay, Saint Helena Island in the South Atlantic. Okay, is is that where they put Napoleon? 1815, I think. They brought him there in October. Oh, that was that was years later then. Yeah, 300 years later. Okay. All right. So not the same story. Ooh, uh, but same year. Exactly 300 years later. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Numbers mean things. <laughs> uh, thanks to our researcher, Amy, for this story. This is the story of Fernao, F-E-R-N-A-O. And it means immediately. Lopez. Fernao. Immediate wolf. For now, All right, mm-hmm. I get it. A 16th century Portuguese soldier in India, this guy. Okay. He was tortured and disfigured in punishment for siding with General Rasul Khan in a rebellion against Portuguese rule in the Indian state of Goa. Well, Khan! <laughs> I know, how can you not follow a guy who's named Rasul Khan mm-hmm. for crying out loud? In 1515, he set sail for Portugal, allegedly as a stowaway on a Portuguese vessel uh-huh. uh, bound for, oh, who knows what the capital of Portugal is? Lisboa. That is uh, correct, Lisbon. Brazil Khan sounds or, kind of like Rachel Ghoul's alternate name. Yes, it uh, does. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, in Portugal, they call it Lisboa. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, yeah. The ship stopped at the South Atlantic island, St. Helena, for food and water. Uh-huh. St. Helena had been discovered by the Portuguese 13 years earlier, and with its abundance of fresh water, it became a regular port of call for Portuguese ships. Right. Yeah, rewatering and whatnot. Take a bath, have a shower, pee on things, eat fruit, kill cormorants. Whatever. Sources differ about the circumstances, but Lopez remained on the island and was granted a few supplies from the ship's stores. Oh, okay. So, so he's just like, I'm going on this island, guys. Or or they're like, you're going on this island. <laughs> could be. Could be yeah. that, too. You're a little... Maybe the, like he was a stowaway, and they discovered him. They're like, yeah. we're not taking you all the way and back to And he's disfigured. Portugal. How does that factor in, do you Because he's gross. No, <laughs> you want to keep him nearby. Ew. Because uh-huh. they judge people by their looks back then. We don't do that now. Right. 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 No, he was like, I got to get back to Portugal for my plastic surgery appointment. (laughs) So he was granted some supplies. Uh When another ship came by, they did not see Lopez, but saw the hole and straw bed on which he slept and his clothing. Okay. They left biscuits and cheeses. Oh, nice. And a letter telling him not to hide next time. Right. Well, he'd been having a bit of a rough time, you know, been tortured and disfigured in India, and then left marooned on St. Helena. By the Portuguese, I, I can I can kind of stand by his like running and hiding position. Now, as this ship, this most recent ship, uh, mm-hmm. set off, a uh, young rooster fell overboard. Oh, uh, okay. as happens, aha! Uh-huh. I, I guess it made its way to shore, and Lopez caught it and fed it some of the rice the sailors left him. Yeah, the cockerel that Lopez saved from the ship became his only friend on the island. During the night, it roosted above his head, and during the day, it followed behind him and would come if he called to it. I am oh. now imagining the Disney version of this with the deformed guy and <laughs> yeah. his rooster pal stuck yeah. on an island. Yeah, well, it was like rooster pet. Like they, this is this this rooster seems more obedient than your cat, Dorn. They probably broke out into song mm-hmm. very, very often. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you can't really go wrong when you have a like a company event. This is like a cross between Quasimodo. Yeah. And what's that? God, what is that animated movie with the rock and roll rooster? I can't remember. Rock a doodle do. Rock a doodle do. Or 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 Foghorn Leghorn. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Fuck. The, the rooster is get the, away from me. The, the rooster is much bigger than than the actual <laughs> disfigured uh, castaway. Captain yeah. Uh, occasionally, Lopez was visited by other ships, and he began to be considered something of a saint because of his deformities and the fact that he would not leave St. Helena for any reason. You know, he's got his rooster buddy now. Okay. What else do you need in life? Until 10 years later, 10 years on the island. So now wow. people were offering to take him off the island, yes. and he was like, thanks, but no thanks. You can suck it. This is where I live now. After 10 years, he finally agrees to return to Portugal to see his family. Seven weeks later, he gets dysentery and dies. Wait, no. <laughs> he visits the king and then travels to Rome where the Pope uh, grants him a wish. Guess what his wish is? Wait, hold well, on a second. I, wait, I, no, I, this is awesome. I so wait a second. So the Pope is like a genie? From I will give you, I will grant you one wish. <laughs> did okay. he have to rub the Pope to get that he wish? Did. Yeah. Uh, that explains. All he has to do is rub my pants. So it'll, Rub I'm it my... three times, four times, five <laughs> times. Okay, we're done. Uh, my question. <laughs> I'm very tired. Get away from me. Uh <laughs> No. So my question is, Is do they have to promise him an audience with the king and the pope to get him to come off the island? I that, don't, was that, that the allure? That I don't think. Yeah. I think he just wanted to see his family. Yeah. Okay. His wish was to go back to the island, right? His wish was to go back to the island. Ridiculous. <laughs> where he spent another 20 years. Wow. In co- almost complete solitude. And he died there in 1545. Okay. So 30 years altogether. But it was an island with tons of water, and uh, <laughs> he was apparently getting food uh, there, yeah. and people were leaving him food. So I'm guessing his rooster buddy didn't last all 30 uh, years. 30 though. years? How long does a rooster live for? Let's find out. Ask Dr. Internet. 15 to 20 years for what? a rooster. Would have been pretty close. Yeah. Would have been pretty close. In <laughs> good health. Huh. Roosters <laughs> live for 15 to 20 years. <laughs> yeah. 20 years of that. Oh, no, but after the 20 years, I'm like, Mark. Mark. Oh, really? Mark. Go. Mark. Aflac. Get your own damn, get your own damn self up. And that was the longest uh, marooning that I could find was uh, 30 years. It's early. It's early. (laughs) Does that count, though? Because he had like a little holiday in the middle of his 30 years. Oh, you should want to break it up. Still, 10 plus 20 with a holiday in the middle. Yeah. I'm willing to give it to him. 10 plus 20 with a holiday in the middle. And now a public service announcement. 
Oh, mm. how to survive on a deserted island. I'm going to go with pick one with fresh water. Yes. Pick one with fresh uh-huh. water if you yeah. have the opportunity. Or find the fresh water when you're on an island that has it. Yes, you can gather water from tree stumps. Mm. Oh. Uh, you should not let water sit more than a day before drinking it. Uh-huh. You can tie rags around your ankles and walk through uh, grass at dawn. Oh, for water. I oh, like it. picking up the dew. That's and then just kind of like squeeze it into your mouth. Sure. Uh-huh. Bring it out into your mouth. Better nothing. Yeah, every little bit. You can make a water still with a tree in a plastic bag. Place the bag over a section of the tree and tie it shut as tight as you can. The next morning you should have some water in your bag. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Okay. It's not just a, a way to suffocate a tree? <laughs> well, that's yeah. you need more bags. Uh-huh. Uh, don't forget to boil your water to get rid of bacteria and microorganisms. Uh-huh, that's a good tip. If drinking from a stream, do so from a spot where the water is running. Now, if you don't have fire, can you just take a straw and blow into the water? And, and that boil one? it that way? Yeah. Yes, that is yeah. also perfectly fine. Uh-huh. Uh, boil it for at least one minute. Beyond 10 minutes, no further purification occurs. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And don't drink hot water. Oh, because it dehydrates you. Well, it just... It, It'll burn you. It's boiling, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Water can be found in any plant. Some plants are better than others. Okay. Okay. Solar water decontamination is a useful method for making drinking water safe. A clear plastic bottle and six hours of strong direct sunshine are the only requirements. Oh, Oh, that's good to know. Did not know that. If you're you're in an Arctic environment, Hmm? search for blue ice with round corners that splinters easily. Okay. This is is old sea ice and is nearly free of salt. Oh. Okay. Blue, Blue ice with round corners, round corners that, that splinters, splinters easily. easily. If desperate, drink the water from eyes and spines of large fish. Spines. Eyes. Mm, spine eyes. water, my favorite. <laughs> Is spine Nothing water? refreshes quite like spine water. <laughs> you should start your own company. Spine, spine water. water. Now, in general, stay in one spot if you can. And mm-hmm. wait to be rescued. Mm. It's particularly hard to stay in one spot when you're searching for resources. Yes. yes. On a desert like, island? Yeah. That's why we say if you can. I'm guessing they mean just don't mosey, like stay in one general area. If stay I'm perfectly marooned, still. Yeah, it doesn't do mean. Do not move at all. <laughs> I'm on an island. Better sit right here. You can don't shake move. it. I heard not to move. Tyrannosaurus can't see you that way. I only remembered that one uh, public service announcement <laughs> thing. Stay where you are. Okay. <laughs> Move to high ground to spot ships and survey your environment. Wait, how can I stay in one spot and move to high I ground? I know, I know. <laughs> it's so confusing. Gather everything that you can, debris from your boat, bits of wood and other bits of what you think is junk. Mm-hmm. It could be used for creating a shelter or other things. Right. Like a boat. Like a boat. Mm-hmm. Dig a new hole for your toilet every day. Oh, that's so much work. Wow. How about you just so... stop going to the bathroom instead? Stop going to the bathroom if you can. Every day, carve SOS as large as you can in the sand. Mm-hmm. Invent a way to keep focused. This could be anything from small games to music. Chess has been proven to increase the brain's problem-solving abilities. Okay. Putting your glasses on. This helps if you have a companion on the island. Right. Otherwise, you just become that guy playing chess against himself. And when they do find you, they think you've gone nuts, so they right. leave you I anyway. I win every time. I'm 100% success I'm rate. I'm the chess champion of <laughs> Desert Island. <laughs> I'm a grandmaster. Torn and I would just make role-playing games. You are not on a desert island. I love this game. (laughs) I go eat pizza. Oh, God, pizza. Okay, roll. Roll to eat pizza. 20. Oh, Oh, it's gorgeous pizza. Oh, the pepperoni. Critical pizza. I just critical hit that pizza. Now, I'm not going to tell you all the ways to make fire. Just go look that up on the internet. Yeah, you rub your legs together. Yeah, rub Mm -hmm. your legs together. But the international sign of distress is three fires in the shape of a triangle. Oh, I should know okay. that if I need it. Because if I see that, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. But if you see it from the other side, then it's like shaped like a, a chevron. Oh, mm-hmm. not the, a triangle. From the other side, of the and we all know that the yeah, international yeah. symbol for leave, we, me, yeah, alone leave me alone it's is a chevron. a chevron. So confusing. Yeah. During the day, living plants put on the fire will make heavy smoke. Yep. Okay. And at night, of course, the fire is bright. Good beacon for ships and aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw copper pennies if you have them in the fire to turn it green. Uh, That's fun. Uh, oh, you can't in Canada anymore. We don't have pennies anymore. Man, man I'm screwed now. Gonna get stuck in the island, not have pennies. We'd be <laughs> like, look at those three fires, but they're not green. So let's so, let's keep going. Now, with regards to food, you can kill seabirds by throwing rocks at them. Yeah, mm-hmm. assuming you have depth perception and a 
arm that works. Uh-huh. Uh, birds should be cooked. Yeah. Fish without spiny scales may be eaten raw. Okay. Do not eat anything if you are nauseated. Huh. Right. Wait for your tummy to settle. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. <laughs> if you are not sure if a fruit or plant is poisonous, break open the membrane and rub the inside of the object on a designated spot on your arm. Wait 10 to 20 minutes and observe if anything happens, like a rash or swelling or pain. Mm. Okay. If nothing happens, it's probably safe to eat. That's another oh, good tip. That's I was, a solid tip. I, like I was even in the Boy Scouts and I never heard this. Mm. That's a good tip. Never eat a fungus or mushroom unless you are absolutely 100% positive it is safe to eat. That mm. is my go-to for these days as well because I'm not <laughs> yeah. a fan of mushrooms. Uh, go back and listen to our poison episode to hear about that. And here's a special section just on coconuts. Oh. Oh. Use coconuts to club your fellow uh make a bra maroon. out of coconuts. Uh, yeah, first and then then hit your other maroon mates over the head with, with them coconuts. and eat them. Well, they can be used as a water supply. Yep. Food, a bowl, uh-huh, for a solar still or for boiling water. Right. B- bra. We already established that. You can use it as a hollow coconut as a pan. You can fill it with any other food you have, plantains for example. Uh-huh. Uh, and then plant ca- them. Cacao beans. That's why they're called plantains, because you, you put plant, them in a coconut yeah. and then plant them. Plant and them. then <laughs> no, the plantain no, tree dro- no, grows out of it. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, roast until browned and delicious. A coconut shell can be used as a pot up to 10 times. Wow. The outer rusk can be used as tinder when scraped off. Mm-hmm. Right? That okay. makes sense. And coconuts are a natural laxative and risk of dehydration. So don't eat too many all at once. Ah. Right. It's a little bit. Otherwise, you get the coconut shits. Boo. Nobody Boo. likes that. No, that does not sound like something I would like. It'd probably smell nice though. Mmm, <laughs> like suntan oil. Uh huh. Oh, and if I'm you... gonna rub it all over my body <laughs> to protect me from the sun. Hey, it's Pooh Man. Is this how the Mounds chocolate bar was invented? Coconut <laughs> chips. If your diet consisted entirely of coconuts and you masturbated, it would it smell like coconut cream pie. ever caustic soda fundraiser caustic soda has been provided free for four years and we wish to continue doing so with this fundraising campaign we hope to pay for web hosting maintain and upgrade our recording and editing equipment and produce promotional materials to help attract new high caliber guests and hang on to our favorites from seasons past we've always been a hobby podcast a labor of love but with a bit of extra scratch we hope to provide our researchers, guestberts, and you, our listeners, with a few tokens of appreciation, such as a handcrafted caustic soda magnetic bottle cap, stickers, buttons, new season 5 t-shirt, knitted toques, personalized thank you messages placed in season 5 episodes, custom-made audio skits from the hosts, an opportunity to be a guest on an episode, and much more. Head over to Indiegogo.com and search for Caustic Soda or visit CausticSodaPodcast.com for details. And if you've already donated, thank you. In the news. 2013. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, this is quasi-news, but it's really interesting, so we're going to talk about it. It really feels like kind of a free advertisement for this company. Spanish company Ducastaway offers week-long stays on remote beaches where guests are surrounded by nothing but jungle and water. 
with 16 desert islands to and choose snakes. from. And, and I'm guessing sharks. snakes. And, and pirates, maybe? Maybe and a few pirates. Uh, yeah, I'd be worried about that. Each island is limited to one single client or couple at one time to guarantee the exclusiveness and maximum isolation. Oh, so you can't bring your whole family. I guess uh-huh. not. Yeah. Who cares about those kids, man? Mm-hmm. We offer two modes for our castaways, adventure mode and comfort mode. <laughs> With adventure mode, there are shelters, tents, fishermen's cottages, treehouses, or basic bungalows. So hold on a second. Yeah. So the the selling point for this company right. is we will strand you on a remote desert island in Southeast Asia. Correct. Indonesia or the Philippines, almost all of these are, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Do you get a manservant Friday? On most of these packages, they will have a guide accompany you. Okay. Mm-hmm. The guide, however, stays far away from you, and you contact him via walkie-talkie whenever you need. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically you and your partner get to fuck on the beach all day, mm-hmm. and then walkie-talkie an to bring you some food. Right. Adventures in fucking. <laughs> so these islands are known as you know retreats to the company, right? And maybe rape town to the local pirate population. I was, yeah, I I don't know how they guarantee your security. <laughs> yeah. If all they do is drop you off, they get you on the walkie-talkie to call the guide and like, ah, we don't need any help here. We're not being raped by pirates. Stay away for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, must be like a secret code word. In adventure mode, that you eat basic food, uh, which includes coconut and fish. But depending on the island, there are also bananas. Durian, sagu, palm hearts, bamboo, and crab. And dirt and worms. Uh, <laughs> dirt and worms. Which and, on some of them, you don't get a guide and you have to go get yourself. Yeah. They oh. basically dump you off on an island. <laughs> on some of them, there's not even uh, any kind of place to stay. You have to bring a tent and pitch it on the beach. As long as there's forage. like, so I go into the woods yeah. uh-huh. and there's little signs on everything, eat. Do not yeah. eat. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Maybe in like Wiley Coyote fashion, the little things themselves will hold up a sign. You know? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's like... For comfort mode, there are modern wooden or concrete houses or stylish bungalows, and you can enjoy, de- enjoy delicious buffet meals. Oh, comfort mode. Yeah. I'm, I'm opting in. Please <laughs> give me the comfort mode. Uh, the islands are not much bigger than three square kilometers, uh, and some guests have been known to stay for as long as 40 days. So how much what? are they charging? Uh, they charge from anywhere from 65 for the cheapest uh, of right. the adventure mode up to 105. That's euros. 185. 185 euros per day per person. Uh, the 185 one is a private lake. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the comfort mode. The lake is this gorgeous green crystal, beautiful thing. Uh, we can put some pictures up. I'll put some. I'll put a link to their website. Maybe they'll give us some money or something. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, even though adventure. we even though we uh-huh. called it Rape Town. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've got a special package for the Caustic Soda crew. Yeah. We're going to put you on Rape Island. <laughs> we've got a special island for you guys. <laughs> we will never come pick you up. Provided with walkie-talkies and mobile satellites, get mobile satellite phones, guests are able to feel at ease with 24-hour access to the outside world available if need be. Oh, uh-huh. so you can so you can have the internet. I guess so. Yeah. So it's not the full <laughs> castaway experience. But the, but the downloads are so slow. <laughs> oh God. No, don't download the 720p. Let's just uh, stream it on Netflix. Can I play Scrabble on my iPad, Joe? Because I can't go 40 days without playing Scrabble on my iPad. I know. You're going to have to bring one of those uh, those solar panel rechargers yeah. to keep it going. I can make a solar panel out of coconuts. Thanks, Professor. Huh? I've got another one. This is from uh, metro.co.uk. Eddie Stebbings and his bride, B were married in August and returned to Skomer Island off the Pembrokeshire coast where they are wildlife wardens. Just in time for seal pupping season. Uh-huh. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, that's when the seals have pups. Okay. okay. It's, a, it's a giant seal reserve. I, I bet you it smells uh-huh. terrible. Yeah, I'm sure of that. One morning in October, a giant bull seal flopped itself into their dinghy. Okay. It refused to budge for four days. Oh, wow. And at one point it was joined by another seal. God. So it didn't need to eat or, well, maybe it needed to poo. It uh, stayed maybe, where it was. Maybe it pooped in there. I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, the couple chose to spend their honeymoon on the island, uh, which they shared with over 400 adult seals. So they weren't okay. in the boat at the time. No. The seal came the in. The boat they, was like parked on the side right, of the- They went onto the island yeah. and then they came back. Oh, my God. There's well, this wild animal. <laughs> and you can't just like stomp your feet and clap your hands and say, get. Yeah. I imagine bull Go seals on. are ornery. He get. Was, uh, they say he was uh, four times Eddie's weight and over eight feet long. Oh, Jesus. Oh, th- oh, there's a picture of it. And not at all afraid of people. And the great thing is, is I have a, I have a photo of this huge seal just lounging in a dinghy looking he, at them. He kind of, the look on his face sort of gives us a, what you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of has that look about him. I don't know how aggressive they were. I don't know if they could have just got in the boat with them and just taken off. We'll never know. No. 
in the pop culture, uh-huh. a Robinsonade, mm-hmm. or Robinsonade, mm-hmm. is a literary genre that takes its name from the 1719 novel Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. The success of this novel spawned so many imitations that its name was used to define a genre, which is sometimes oh. simply described as a desert island story. I thought it was lemonade mixed with the remnants of Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have some Robinsonade. I have actually read Robinson Crusoe, and it's actually... Pretty good. It is... Now, the original title of it isn't yeah. Robinson Crusoe. No, it's The Life and Strange Surprising Adventures of Robinson Crusoe of York Mariner, who lived eight and twenty years all alone in an uninhabited island on the coast of America near the mouth of the great river of the of Orinoke, having been cast on shore by shipwreck, wherein all the men perished but himself with an account how he was at last... Strangely delivered by pirates. Uh huh. Yes. It's a- That's like a fucking trailer that gives everything <laughs> away. Yes. Yeah, precisely. And you know that the publisher was like, let's try Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and the first edition credited the work's fictional pra- protagonist, Robinson Crusoe, as its author, leading many readers to believe he was a real person. The book uh-huh. was a travelogue of true incidents. Which is ironic because a few years later, a real account was mm-hmm. published and everybody thought it was fake. Yeah. That's exactly right. But uh, I thought the, one of the interesting parts about, about Robinson Crusoe and, more accurately, his, its author Defoe, Defoe really hadn't ever done anything, and he was quite old when he actually wrote this. Right. And, like, he had been one of these guys who had been an entrepreneur, who had, like, you know, had, like, seven different businesses that had all failed, and he wrote a book, and then that's what made him rich and famous. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Right? In, in his, like, late 40s, early 50s or something. It felt like being an author. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I'm an author. I've tried everything else. Now, Alexander Selkirk, the inspiration of the original Robin Crusoe, was a Scottish privateer who more or less voluntarily chose to remain on the the Juan Fernandez Island off of Chile. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be precise, he elected to remain behind since he was worried about the seaworthiness of their ship. And as they sailed off, he regretted it immediately. (laughs) But the captain refused to admit him back on board because he didn't like him. Ah, okay. There you go. Oh, you want to stay behind? Good. However, Selkirk was right, and the ship did sink uh, within, I think, a few days of leaving him there. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Selkirk lived on the island for four years, feeding first on shellfish and later by eating the feral goats he could hunt on the island. Uh Uh-huh. When uh, sea lions drove him away from the shore. What? He was rescued by gentleman privateer William Dampier in 1709. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So that is the inspiration. And I watched the 1954 Adventures of Robin Crusoe movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not good. Do okay. not recommend. Oh. Uh, I watched the 1997 P- Pierce Brosnan Robinson Crusoe that turned out to be a direct-to-TV film. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Now, it is inspired by uh-huh. the Robin Crusoe because I don't think in the original Robin Crusoe there was a, a duel in Scotland. No, I don't recall that at all. The, the real problematic part about the original Robinson Crusoe story, of course, is the Man Friday situation. The, right. The enslavement of another human being. Yes, and uh-huh. that's interesting to me because in all of the versions, yeah. in the 1954 version, cannibals visit the island. Yes. Uh, Robinson Crusoe, Crusoe rescues one of them, yes. one of their captives. Yes. Who becomes his servant and friend. He uh, names yeah. him. Friend yeah. in heavy air yeah. quotes. He names him Friday. He doesn't bother to learn his real name. He forces him to learn English, but doesn't learn any of his language. Yeah. Uh, he makes Friday call him master. He tries to convert him to Christianity. Yeah. And that's all more or less true in both versions of the films I saw. Okay. Yeah. yeah he enslaves him in yeah. the book. Yeah. That's what now, in the 1997 version. Mm-hmm. Friday is portrayed by a real Papua New Guinea actor, okay, William Takuku, mm-hmm. uh, Takaku, pardon me. Okay. And probably the best part of the movie is the kind of A-team-like sequence where they're setting up a bunch of traps around his fortress <laughs> for when the cannibals come back. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like predator-ish. Right. And, but he does, he does have gunpowder, so there are lots of explosions they, as well. They have an awesome soundtrack. Oh, that's Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's Indiana Jones. And then at the end of the 1997 movie, they paddle back to Friday's Island, and the tribe forced Crusoe and Friday to fight to the death above a pit on a log. What? Yeah. This is not... Where did they get this idea from? We need an action beat in here. Yeah. After sparing Friday, Friday is about to land a killing blow when Friday is sh- uh, shot in the head by a bullet because a European scout party rescues Crusoe 
and returns them to England. Quick, shoot the not white guy. <laughs> I don't know what? who's good or bad, but shoot the not white guy. What a very bizarre change in plot. I don't know how true the 1954 version was to the original book, so yeah. I couldn't really comment on that. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, these changes. There was no remarkable. trust me. There was no knife fight over a pit <laughs> and getting shot in the head by a European right. scout party. And then there's Robinson Crusoe on Mars. From 1964. Has anyone there seen this was? besides me? No. Oh, <laughs> Mike, our sound Mike guys watched it. Um, it's also terrible. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. It the also title sounds it, terrible. It has all the racism. It has the white guy in blackface, oh, basically. Oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. Your yeah. chance to sh- to drop the racism by switching to aliens, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still very much like a like almost like a Native American kind of yeah, a of caricature. Um, so stranded on Mars with only a monkey as a companion, an astronaut must figure out how to find oxygen, water, and food on a lifeless planet. Mm-hmm. It says right at the beginning of the film, this film is scientifically authentic. It is only one step ahead of present reality. <laughs> okay. Nice. Mostly not true. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it parallels the original story to some Pretty extent. Yeah. The, the man Friday is an escaped slave of a race of alien miners. Okay. Who, who uh, actually used the the ship designs from the 1950s War of the Worlds? Oh, Re- mm-hmm. reuse. So I guess there. reuse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, why yeah. design your own? Why design new ships? I mean, and it was very big budget for the time. It actually looks really good hmm. in, okay. in the not close up parts. Yeah. They they film it in Death Valley, so you get to see you know this guy in a spacesuit walking across you know alien looking landscapes. It's uh, okay. I would recommend seeing it. Uh, it's not usually a good sign when your voice goes up that high at the end of a but, sentence. Uh, it has, has faults. So you have to be a serious sci-fi buff nerd to uh, get any enjoyment out of it. Did anyone see Swiss Family Robinson? I used to watch Swiss Family Robinson quite the back TV in the series. day. Yeah, the TV yeah, series. Yeah, yeah I, I, I remember it. Every Saturday morning before the cartoons came on, Swiss Family Robinson. I, I remember they had a big treehouse. Yep. Uh, Everyone was blonde as shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was no Man Friday. No, no. There, there's a beard. There were beards. I mm-hmm. tried to watch the Walt Disney 1960 feature film. Okay. okay. Couldn't do it. That spawned the TV series? So the original novel by Johann David Weiss was published in 1812. About oh, so 100 years after Robinson Crusoe. The movie is a series of unrelated annoying shit. And uh, <laughs> impossible achievements, like making you know these giant houses with that are basically luxury resorts yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. out I, of I remembered wanting to live in that big yeah. huge oh. treehouse. Oh, I so wanted to live there. I'm like, how can we live in such a lame place with a foundation? And if you look <laughs> at the uh title card for uh Swiss Family Robinson, you see one of them is riding an ostrich, another is riding a zebra, and another is riding a, an elephant. And this kind of is the tone right. for the entire movie. Why doesn't that ever happen in the movie? Uh I believe it does, yes. Oh, they all they do ride those animals. Oh yeah. There it's okay. a bunch of cra- like I said crazy shit uh, when the studio acquired the rights to Johann David Weiss's novel they essentially junked 90% of uh, the original novel okay among the Robinson's pets are Duke and Turk the dogs Rocky the elephant Lightning the donkey uh-huh. Clementine the ostrich and Duchess the zebra uh-huh. the trapped zebra was subjected to electric shocks to make it move about oh what? in the movie in the movie okay yeah as uh, opposed to it being written into the book that is not uh, in 1812 having the uh, concept that the Swiss Family Robinson would have electric shock <laughs> technology too. No, I don't think that the Swiss Family. Ro- I think he's saying that the Hollywood people shocked it so <sighs> that they could get it to act on camera. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. don't believe you're allowed to do anymore. No, no, you are not. <laughs> and they're shipwrecked in the East Indies, and they have all these African al- animals. Does okay. that make sense? I don't. I don't know that it does. Geographically speaking, uh, well, you know, you don't have to make things make sense geographically in Disney movies back yeah, in the '60s. That's true. Oh, there's also a fight at the beginning of the movie, the part mm-hmm. that I did get through, uh, where two large dogs were fighting a tiger and it looked like a pretty sincere fight. Oh, okay. So you it, think they actually wasn't like threw... there weren't like trick camera angles and you, stuff. You, you, th- you think they threw a couple of dogs in a pen thrown, with a tiger? I think they may have done exactly that. Okay. <laughs> well, you want accuracy? <laughs> yes, you certainly do. You want veritas in your film? Now, Gold Key Comics produced a comic series titled Space Family Robinson Mm -hmm. in the early 1960s. And later, producer Irwin Allen created his own version of a similar concept about another Space Family Robinson known as Lost in Space for CBS. Of course. I barely remember the TV show, but I do remember the movie. 
mm-hmm. which I, honestly I didn't. I, the ending is bad, but uh, up to about halfway through, I was like, this might actually end up pretty good. And, and you're talking the about the 1998, one, movie. the one for the modern era with uh, Lacey Chabert in it. Who's Lacey Chabert? She, she was, was in, played the little girl, and she um, was from Party of Five. She was in Party of Five, yeah. Oh, Wasn't she in there? Okay. Was yeah, she yeah. In yeah, 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 yeah. She had the weird haircut, and her voice is all... She got that way. I can't, I can't do her voice. I worked with her on two movies this past year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she very seem, nice. She seems cool. And Matt LeBlanc. The guy yeah. from Friends. In one of his first uh, movie appearances, and I didn't hate him. And uh-huh. I remembered really appreciating a lot of the, the technology designs that they had. Yeah. Like, they... Uh, allowed him to have like a futuristic soldier outfit, but still show his face most of the time. And yeah. they had that cool thing where he'd just kind of do a, a little nod motion. All of a sudden his face would get covered like by a transforming helmet, Yeah, which I thought was an excellent way of both doing realistic futuristic protection, and, but also show the actor's face when yeah. you need to. Like, yeah. yeah and then the stuff. captain was Tim Allen, right? <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, no, real good John, actor. Uh, yeah. John Hurt? No, William Hurt. William Hurt. Yeah. It was one of the Hurts. And the bad guy, Mr. Smith, Dr. Smith, was played by... Gary Oldman. I, it's too bad the ending of that movie just... Blah, blah, blah. But uh, up until that, that mess of an ending, I thought it was a good movie. And many of the original cast from the TV series had cameos. Oh, really? Yeah. As aliens or like dead people or the, whatnot? The, one of them was an admiral. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. another one was like a school teacher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the original Lost in Space, from 1965 to 1968, for most of season one, they were stranded on an unknown planet. At the beginning of season two, they managed to take off, only to crash land on an almost identical planet. Okay, if, <laughs> if being on a planet counts as being lost in space, we're lost in space now. No, oh. because there's nobody else on there. Oh. Except for aliens and uh, what's his name? Snake Plissken yeah. shows up as a well, kid. I don't know. I could be lost on planet Earth and Earth is in space. So I'd be lost on in space. What's uh, so? Let's let's compromise. Joe is lost in space. I am. Kurt Russell. Yeah, he shows up as a kid. Oh yeah, well he was That's a child actor. Yeah, yep. in uh, mm-hmm. Lost in Space, and in season three they actually managed to actually get back into space. And oh. then there was a cartoon pilot from 1972 that was also terrible. And Jonathan Harris, Doctor Smith, reprised his role. Oh. And once they nobody got, else did. Once they got back in space, seven weeks later they got dysentery and died. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's why this show was canceled. Yeah, precisely. I watched. This is probably the best of the Castaway movies I've watched. Oh, okay. It is called The Admirable Crichton. I'm sorry, Crichton. Crichton. Okay. The Admirable Crichton. Okay. Also known as Paradise Lagoon in uh, the States. It is a British film. It is based on a play. Right. It is set in 1905. Wealthy Londoner Lord Henry Loam believes that all men should be treated equally, despite his having a mansion full of subservient staff. The family and servants take a trip in the South Seas on their yacht and are shipwrecked. Oh. Crichton, the butler, okay. is the only competent survivalist among them, and the British class system is upended ah. as they spend two years on the island. See? Ah. This is what you do when you tell stories. Exactly. You have to upend things. You don't make the white guy enslave the black guy. You make the black guy show the white guy how to live. Yeah. And they become friends. Yes. Now there are no black people in the story. Well, right. I know. So you they mean. don't they don't do everything. Yes. <laughs> but at least they, at least they're flipping the class system. I found it to be very interesting. Certainly, it had faults. Okay. Um, you know, As from in a, the island they crashed on. Yeah, the crack there's right a down the giant crack it? down the middle of uh-huh. it. Um, I'm bothered from something that happens in most of these kinds of movie where the women always have perfect hair and makeup. Yeah. On the island. What? And you don't think that there's hairdressers available for on Marooned Island? I, I took the sea anemone and squeezed it to get the rouge uh-huh. on my face. It's actually just a rash from the stinging tentacles. <laughs> yeah. And there's kind of some Gilligan's Islandy type uh, mechanical things going on in their huts that they make. And Ah, uh, okay. But apart from that, it's pretty good. I actually uh, cried a little bit at the ending. Oh, Torrin. Did somebody come in and like rub uh, chili pepper in your <laughs> yeah, eye right was, beforehand? Yeah, I was cutting onions while I was watching it. Yeah. There's a love triangle on the island um, because Ooh. in addition to the butler, there's another servant, a girl. Okay. And yeah. she likes him. But And all in the beginning, of course, all the um, rich people are like, oh, we dare not intermingle with the, with the staff and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And you can't talk to me this way. And eventually, and when they get to the island, the butler is still like serving them and everything. And trying doing as they ask, right, right. and then they start asking for all this impossible shit because they're on a desert island. Yeah, uh, he has to go back to the boat and find like all this crazy stuff that they he can't <laughs> possibly find. And he's like, yeah. "You have to go back and get that right now." And he's like, "Sir, I am tendering my resignation." <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> so it's kind of a uh, it's upstairs downstairs meets Robinson Crusoe. You know, it's like um, a cross between Remains of the Day and Gilligan's Island. Gotcha. So anyway, he develops this relationship with one of the um, rich uh, sisters as well. So there's all this stuff going on. And then they get rescued. And I don't want to spoil the ending because it's quite good. It, and it makes you want to chop onions. Right and it makes you, you want to chop it. onions. Yeah. And what year is that one from? 1957. I'm impressed any time a movie that old is good. Yeah, it's true. It's not true. There's lots of them. You just don't think so. Well, I'm surprised. Thank uh-huh. you. I mean, there are good ones. You're right. But yeah, in general, little timey things. How about Lord of the Flies? I remember uh, this was a book that we had to read back in uh, elementary school. Oh, yeah. I, think I, I read, read it in grade six. That's when I saw the film as well. And Yeah, school. exactly. You, you would read the book and then they showed the, the film. That's where you hold the conch and you're the other one who gets to talk and then you club somebody over the head with it until they're dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1954, William Golding. The book indicates that it takes place in the midst of an unspecified nuclear war. Uh-huh. Some of the marooned characters are ordinary students while others arrive as the musical choir under an established leader. Most, with the exception of the choir boys, appear never to have encountered one another before. Uh, the book portrays their descent into savagery left to themselves in a paradise country far from modern civilization. The well-educated children regress to a primitive state. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the best part. And then there's the 1963 movie. I remember it being good. Yeah. Uncomfortably good when I was... Because yeah. it, it's about some pretty brutal... Adult themes. Uh, adult themes. And I think yeah. I was in grade six when we read the book and watched the movie. And, you know, the kill the pig, kill the pig. And they're bullying that the piggy kid and it's only because he's fat and has glasses like yeah really i think opened eyes to bullying to to us which was a good thing which is was kind of the idea i'm pretty sure that was the reason it became so prevalent in elementary school curriculum yeah of course it opened my eyes to bullying but i think our bullies just went around school going kill the pig kill the pig (laughs) yeah now they have a catchphrase i get it that's cool we gotta all get together and do chants that's that'll get everybody onto my side and i was like well fuck yeah mob theory introduced time to get stuffed in a locker again Mm -hmm. piggy did die and they did get rescued at the end so yeah the message is clear yeah kill Kill the the pig pig. get Get rescued rescued. And then there was the uh, Simpsons episode, Das Bus, which das was a knockoff bus. of Lord of the Flies. Uh-huh. The children of Springfield Elementary get stranded on a desert island on the way to a model United Nations session. Irony. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Trapped on the island with no grown-ups, the children form their own Lord of the Flies-style civilization, which begins to break down when it appears that Milhouse has eaten their rations. During a show trial, Milhouse claims that a monster ate the food, but no one believes him. Eventually, it's revealed that a wild boar ate all the food, which looks kind of like a monster. Right. In the end, an omniscient narrator explains that the children eventually got off the island, perhaps thanks to, well, let's say, Mo. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Did anyone see Hell in the Pacific? No. No. It's too bad. I heard it's good. I tried to, I, uh, I started watching it, but I didn't have time to finish it. Yeah. But it's well, got uh, Lee, Lee Marvin and, and, and Toshiro Mifune. Hmm. The idea is during World War II, an American pilot and a marooned Japanese Navy captain are deserted on a small, uninhabited island in the Pacific Ocean. There they must cease their hostility and cooperate if they want to survive. But will they? So basically, this is a World War II version of Enemy Mine. Well, Enemy Mine was made afterwards as yeah. a uh, homage to that film, I believe. Yeah, right. I would imagine. Same storyline. Enemy Mine is that movie that when I watched it back when it was released and afterwards, I was yeah. like, this movie is so good. It's about working together and it's a good sci-fi and smart. Yeah, you watch it now it's dumb really really melodramatic like overly fakely melodramatic well if i remember correctly it really plays out like a stage play right yeah like kind of exit stage left enter stage right yeah i think you're right it's very stagey in that the camera doesn't move a lot and yeah it's uh pretty static what's the name of that star trek episode uh next generation where geordie laforge is trapped on a planet with the romulan uh, how about Stupid Town? Stupid Town was is the correct answer. Stupid the, show on Stupid Island. The Enemy. The Enemy. So close to Enemy Mine. Yeah, it yeah. has The Enemy and the same yeah. idea. 1980s Blue Lagoon, starring Brooke Shields at age 14 and mm-hmm. Christopher Atkins. Uh, in the Victorian period, two young cousins, Richard and Emmeline Lestrange, and a galley cook, Patty Button, survive a shipwreck oh, in the South Pacific. Patty Button. I know. Mm, nice. And reach a lush tropical island. Patty cares for the small children and forbids them from going to the other side of the island as he found evidence of remains of bloody human sacrifice. Oh. He then Ooh. dies after a drunken binge. Oh, nice. So now these kids, uh, and they're not, it's not Brooke Shields at the beginning. They're very young children. Oh, okay. Uh, I think about eight years old, I'm guessing. I, the kids now are raised on their own. They've right. learned a lot 
lot of survival survival techniques from Patty. He taught mm-hmm. them how to do stuff. So they go off and live, but then they hit puberty, and they have to learn about love. Uh-huh. But nobody tells them anything. She, of course, they end up finally figuring out what sex is. She gets pregnant, and she doesn't know what's going on. She just thinks she's getting fat. Yeah. And then they have a practice baby. <laughs> yes. Uh, all of the nude scenes depicting Emmeline included a body double. Brooke Shields, who was 14 at the time, always had to have her hair glued to her chest for other scenes because sure. she was topless. Underage. Yeah. So she had long hair, and it, yeah, it was all conveniently big, huge strands of hair going right down over her breasts, which is good because it's an uncomfortable movie otherwise. Yeah. Uh-huh. These days, they would just hire some... 19 or 20 year old who looks like a 14 year old. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. And then you would see boobs. Mm-hmm. And then you would feel uncomfortable going, are these 14 year old? Shouldn't <laughs> be watching this. Well, we have to talk about Lost. Oh, God, I hate that show. <laughs> I, I lasted a couple of seasons. Ugh. And then I think it was one of the first, one of the first kind of, a, let's call it a genre style TV show where uh-huh. I finally just went, I'm out. And I just stepped back. My wife at the time kept watching, and all I could hear from the room when she was watching was, this is bullshit! Yeah. So I'm glad I quit. I lasted about uh, half an episode of one episode, and then like maybe 10 minutes of a second episode. Mm. And uh, I was alone in my living room yelling at the TV, <laughs> this is bullshit. Because the episodes that I happened to catch, one of them had a polar bear on a desert island, and the other one had a smoke monster. Yeah. And I turned it off and said, I never need See, to See, that's the problem. Again. I wanted the monsters. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I was waiting like three episodes for a monster. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to wait three episodes for a monster. I'm out. <laughs> they weren't monsters. They were just hooks. Uh-huh. There was a hook with no bait. Yeah. It was just like, oh, oh, I'll stick around for this. What's going to happen? So I asked on Facebook uh, for someone to give me the best and worst thing about the lost series uh-huh. our uh previous guest fraser kane says the worst thing is that it opens up a bunch of mysteries and then never answers them uh-huh. the final season and ending are a violation of fan loyalty yeah <laughs> so i never wa- did any of us actually see the ending oh uh, well i know what the ending is i they know people have they all died in the crash and they were lost in purgatory oh the, yes, i see yes yeah. Yeah, that they were all dead. And there's some kind of thing with a Dharma initiative and a bunch of secret time travel and stuff like and that. And the Dharma, Dharma and Greg initiative? Yeah, the Dharma and Greg initiative. Yeah, okay. I haven't yeah, watched that show either because right. there weren't enough monsters. Every, there were no monsters. Every, yeah. single, you every single person on the island got married to a wacky hippie girl, mm-hmm. even though they were conservative and uptight. Oh, see, you guys haven't watched Dharma and Greg. <laughs> no. that's, yes, I have. That's, that's what Dharma and Greg was. Jenna Elfman is a monster. So you should have watched it. Oh, now I will. Mm -hmm. Gilligan's Island. Okay, so here's the thing. Gilligan's Island was 1964 to 1967. Yeah. It was on constantly. So I've seen every single episode multiple times. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was one also, of those shows. Also, also has uh, Kurt Russell on one of the episodes. Does That's it not? right. Yes, is the as Jungle Boy. Yeah. Jungle I think Boy. we mentioned that in Feral, <laughs> Feral Children. Children episode. Oh, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I had such a I had such a love for Ginger though. Oh. Oh no, I was a Marianne. Yeah, man. I was a Marianne. I became man as a well. Marianne mm-hmm. guy, but early on it was Ginger. <laughs> the first season had the cast using cups that were made from real coconuts. However, they found that the cups were porous and soaked through like they were sweating. Huh. Thus, in later seasons, the coconut cups were ceramic replicas. There's another little uh, public service announcement for your yep. coconuts. Use, Don't use them as cups. Yeah, they're leaky. Well, I think I can put it with leaky rather than having to use my hands if I'm stuck on an island. And then it was made into a cartoon, Gilligan's Planet, in 1982. Everyone remembers that, right? Oh, boy. No. <laughs> you know what I do remember? Yes. I do remember the reunion TV movie. Oh. To uh, all the characters returned to the island to relive their strandedness. They had a reunion. Let's get stranded again. Yeah, and it was pretty bad. Oh, and It was like in the late 80s, and so everybody was pretty well, old. Wasn't Gilligan's Island in general pretty bad? It was awful. Yeah. So... As a kid, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Be- because it was one of those shows that was just like, yeah, let's tell this story. They would try to escape the island, get caught by a mad scientist who had like a huge castle, and they would put them in the dungeon. It was ridiculous, but it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, the Japanese soldier who didn't realize World War II was over. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Art imitating life. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. I think my favorite character was uh, Thurston Howell. I gotta be honest. Luffy. Yeah, I found him the most entertaining. I didn't understand how anybody would care about his money once they're on that island. Like maybe at first you're like, well, okay, I'll take some money because we're gonna get rescued. Mm, and that's that, his character. Yeah, and as time goes on, you're like, listen, man, this money is devalued. Yeah, you're gonna have to start carrying your weight. It's gonna cost you a million if you want me to bring you a drink now. Yeah, I'm gonna start burning your money for heat. Yes. <laughs> 
When I was a little boy, my daddy took me to a science fiction movie. When it was over, he said, when you grew up, my son, what do you want to be? Without hesitation, I told him I wanted to be an astronaut in outer space, exploring the galaxy. He put his hand on my shoulder and pointed up to the stars. If you get there before me, I'll meet you on the planet Mars. Not long after, God took my daddy away, but the words he spoke to me, I remember to this day. Robinson Crusoe on Mars You'll be the astronaut I'll be the guy for Mars Robinson Crusoe Robinson Crusoe on Mars We'll be together On a trip to the stars As fate would have it I found myself in space Stranded on a lonely planet With no way to escape And as the story goes By Daniel Defoe Along came Friday To be with Robinson Crusoe Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while entangled in the tentacles of a box jellyfish. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Pearl the Knitting Wench. Thanks for listening. Just when I thought we would die a rescue ship flashed by to save Friday and me and our pal the Money Monkey. Now that I'm back on Earth, I look up into the sky to remember my daddy's words, and I know he really didn't die. Robinson Crusoe, Robinson. Be the guy from Mars, Robinson Crusoe, Robinson Crusoe and Mars. We'll be together on a trip to the stars. Robinson Crusoe, Robinson Crusoe and Fuck, want to. fuck those kids, man. Oh, yeah. Let me change what I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Church, Joe. <laughs>